Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. I cannot believe the month of July is over and we are done exploring the city of Pittsburgh. I have had so much fun exploring the city and drinking beers with you guys. Today, we have a great episode. We have Debbie Stuber on as our guest. She's the Director of Community Relations for Brew, the Museum of Beer. She also does amazing work with Pittsburgh Beer Ladies. Plus tonight, we have not one, but two delicious beers from East in Brewing. We'll be tasting their Crawford Roberts Saison and their Duquesne Heights Stout. So stay tuned to check out these beers and hear more from Debbie. Hey everyone, welcome to the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club. I'm your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb. We are wrapping up our month in Pittsburgh. I am here with my awesome July co-host who's been with me all month, Eric, who's also a Pittsburgh local, as you all know. I really cannot believe how fast this month has flown by. Eric, I feel like you just got here. I know I'm just settling in and now I have to move on. I know I'm it's, kicking it's you a out. Bummer. Well, I'm all out of Ronald McDonald glasses, so it's uh, I think that's it for me, man. That was kind of my favorite part of this month, seeing what new Ronald McDonald glass you were going to have. And uh, I don't want to give it anything away just yet, but I do want to say, unfortunately, after last week, my Grimace glass broke. I was cleaning it right after and it shattered in the sink. So the last Grimace glass was this Strange Roots beer. No, that's so sad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I wanted to talk real fast about uh, something that we included in the box. We actually put in a Pittsburgh postcard and uh, some pins. You either got a pickle pin or a Heinz ketchup pin. Um, uh, Heinz ketchup is super uh, is a huge deal here in Pittsburgh. I mean, we have Heinz Field where the Steelers play. We have Heinz Hall of Performing Arts. Um, the headquarters is, is here. If you're a restaurant in Pittsburgh and you don't have um, Heinz in your in your restaurant, you're going to be shamed and your employees are going to get screamed out. It is a really big deal. And one of the reasons also pickle, we have a Picklesburg here, uh, which is a really fun time. And um, a local brewery made um, a pickle beer not too long ago, which I had. It wasn't bad. I, I'm into pickles, so so I was into it. Tonight we have a great guest uh, named Debbie Stuber, who's a well-known woman in the craft beer scene in Pittsburgh through her work at Brew, the Museum of Beer, as well as the Pittsburgh Beer Ladies. Tonight we'll be drinking the Crawford Roberts Saison and the Duquesne Heights Stout, both from East End Brewing. I don't know about you guys. I might be a little bit more interested in the stout. I'm normally not a stout drinker. I know you are, Molly, but this is a West Coast stout, and I think that's going to speak to me a little bit more. Yeah, we got two awesome beers tonight. I'm curious, what is a West Coast stout? I've never heard it referred to like that. What does yeah, that mean? I, I don't see that too often. I, I believe it's just more, it's it's going to be a little bit hoppier and maybe a little bit more bitter, a little bit more robust, I think, even though it is a little bit lower on the alcohol content as far as stouts go. But I don't, I'm not a big fan of sweet stouts. That's that's the thing with me and stouts. Sometimes I get them and they're a little bit too sweet. Um, I like them a little bit, a little bit bolder. So that's, that's what I like there. Yeah, this one, I think you're right. I did try this when I was at East End. I think I was with you and Brian. Yeah. And I had, I had the Saison when we were there. 
at the Crawford yeah. Roberts. Yeah. I remember that. This stout is delicious. Obviously, we'll get more into that in just a little bit. But cool. Yeah. I've never heard it referred to as a West Coast style. That makes yeah. sense because it is a little hoppier. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm looking at this beautiful Pittsburgh postcard that was included in the beer boxes for all of our beer club members. It's so gorgeous. And I'm curious about this incline, the Duquesne incline, which I pronounced Duquenzi last time. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. It's okay. <laughs> I was trying to pronounce that word. It happens Duquesne. a lot. Have you been on that? before Eric it looks so cool so there's actually two different inclines there's the Smithfield Street incline and the Duquesne incline and they're they're practically right next to each other um, I've been on the Smithfield uh, a handful of times never on the Duquesne however uh, this week my car broke down and I was uh, right at the bottom of it so I watched it go up and down a handful of times and I thought maybe I should go on that sometime <laughs> Well, I was going to ask how your week was. I think you just kind of answered it. Other than that, um, my car, car got fixed right away. Um, yesterday, I brewed a blueberry braggot um, that's blipping away right now. I'm excited about um, it was inspired by my cat who loves blueberries and he loves to eat grass. So I was sitting there watching him eat blueberries and grass. And I was like, what if I made a grassy blueberry type thing? Oh. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to uh, to see how that turns out. Now, Molly, it's your last week in, in New York. How's how's that going? Oh, man, it's kind of a blur right now. Have you ever been in a time where it's like feels like it's going slow but fast all at mm -hmm. once? Yeah. Still I mean, haven't walked the Brooklyn Bridge, but I walked on. the Williamsburg Bridge, which I've done a million times because that's the neighborhood that I live in. But yeah, you know, it's been a really beautiful wind down here. I've had a bunch of times with friends going out to eat, just kind of hanging out. And it's really been a beautiful sort of farewell to the city. So I'm ready. I'm ready to move on to Tennessee. So yeah, August is going to be a big month. We're going to have a new beer city we're exploring here. I'm going to have a new co-host. I'm going to be in Tennessee. And it's funny, my co-host next month, I will not reveal his identity, his or her identity, but he actually lives in Brooklyn, this person. Oh. So it's kind of funny. I'm going to be reminiscing. Yeah. Um, so some fun facts about Pittsburgh. Um, there's a, I actually sort of want to give a shout out to this place. It's called Bicycle Heaven. Um, it's the world's largest bike museum. Museum. And it's such a great hidden gem that we have here in Pittsburgh. It is uh, free, although donations are encouraged. Um, and it's one of those places you kind of walk in and, and you, you go, OK, this is neat. And then you go into another room and another room and it just sort of keeps going. Um, they have one of the original um, bicycles or rather mopeds from the Pee Wee Herman movie. They have um, one of the original bikes from the monkeys that they all rode on. Um, and they have a lot of just sort of 50s uh, nostalgia memorabilia stuff um so it's again it's a little bit i don't want to say it's off the beaten path but it's not something that that gets talked about enough in my opinion and it's a really cool place to check out um we also have a cool thing here up in uh north park a little bit north of the city uh, we have a gravity hill that's uh that's kind of a, a little bit famous around here um, and if you don't know a gravity hill is uh where you you basically go to this road put your car in neutral and it will appear as if your car is going uphill uh, just due to the road and the landscape around like that, it it it's, you're actually going downhill, but it feels like you are going uphill. I don't even 
even get what this means. Like you put it in neutral and it just looks like the car's going uphill. That blows my mind. But yeah, Pittsburgh's Beachview neighborhood is home to the steepest street in the United States and possibly the world, Canton Avenue. It has, it's as steep as 37 degrees. Have you ever been on Canton Avenue, Eric? I was just on it on Sunday. Um, it's it's not a place that I that I go to a lot. Um, it's not like a main road, um, but it is. I mean, you feel like you're on a roller coaster when you're on it. It is incredibly steep. And we also have a street here called Rialto Street um, that is also extremely steep. And um, I believe every year there is a bicycle race up it. Um, not something for me, but uh, I believe you can find the Rialto Street bike race. <laughs> That, yeah, I don't even think I could walk up that. That's like San Francisco territory, yeah. just all the hills. Yeah, Pittsburgh was super hilly. I mean, but it's in Appalachia. It's the largest city in Appalachia. So you have all those hills and everything. But um, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. Yeah. That would be kind of scary to drive on too. Yeah. All right, Eric, are you ready to crack open a beer? I'm thinking let's start with the Saison, the Crawford let's, Roberts. Absolutely. Let's do it. And my guest tonight, the last one I have is Mayor McCheese. This is my Mayor McCheese glass. So oh let's hang out with the mayor tonight. I love it. Beautiful clarity on this. Cheers, yeah. guys. Cheers, everyone. That's nice. I always yeah. like to drink lightest to darkest when I'm doing like a little bit of a tasting, which is not always about color. For example, a black lager may actually have a lighter body than, say, a pale ale, even though the colors would make you think differently. But this one is really nice. The Saison, this clock's in at 6.9% ABV, and they use lemon drop hops in here. I can taste that. Definitely. Um, lemon drops are, I mean, there's a reason that they're called lemon drop. It, it is very lemony, in my opinion. Um, get a little bit of that that spice, too, from the um, from the Saison yeast sort of on the back end. Um, but just a really good sort of um, malt forward beer, not, not even so much yeasty. Um, it's very subtle, but it's definitely there. I get a lot of sort of notes of straw immediately from this. And growing up, we actually had like we, we had like a horse at the house, um, not in the house, but my my aunt kept some some horses in our sort of barn garage area. And just I'm always flooded sort of with the smell of, of straw and hay and that sort of thing when I have a beer like this. This is delicious. Saisons, I'm kind of sensitive to. Something about the yeast can actually sometimes make my stomach hurt. I've had that mm. issue with Saisons before. I don't know why. Like sometimes they're almost like a little too funky for me. This one is delicious. And it's yeah. almost, it's like a little floral, a little spicy, but you really get that lemon. Right. Yeah. It's, it's balanced across those three things. Um, I it's, you know, sometimes you, you have a Saison, like what you were saying, it sort of just really hits you with that yeast. Um, whereas this one is really balanced between all three of those. You get the lemon drop hops, you get, um, the sort of straw and the malts and you get just enough of that yeast to sort of satisfy nothing is shadowing uh, one of the others there. So yeah. And it's got a nice finish. It's not too hoppy. So it's not too dry on the finish. Super refreshing. Yeah, definitely. So I did want to mention that um, Saison is actually French for season. It's a pale colored ale that is typically highly carbonated, um, fruity, spicy characteristics, um, and often it's bottle conditioned. It was historically brewed with lower alcohol levels, but modern productions of the style sort of have made it moderate to higher levels of alcohol. Um, and generally it's classified as a farmhouse ale. 
Um, Saisons are historically brewed in the cooler, less active months um, in farmhouses in French-speaking regions of Belgium um, and then stored for drinking in these summer months uh, just because of how light and fruity it is. Let's take a beer break. We just brought up bottle conditioning. So what exactly is bottle conditioned beer? Well, according to the spruceeats.com, bottle conditioning is one of the ways that brewers carbonate beer. Taking advantage of the live yeast still suspended in beer after fermentation, the brewer adds a small amount of sugar to the beer just before sealing it in the bottle. This kicks off a secondary fermentation that produces carbon dioxide and a negligible amount of alcohol. Because the beer is sealed in the bottle, the CO2 has nowhere to go and is therefore absorbed by the beer, thus producing fermentation. So this means that bottle-conditioned beer will age in the bottle. Just like wine, the beer will continue to mature and bring out a deeper character in the flavors. Unlike wine, this also produces a nice, soft carbonation. In theory, the longer a beer is allowed to rest during in-bottle fermentation, the better it'll be. Some brewers have been known to stash a case for a decade or even more. I don't know if I could wait that long to drink a beer, but I'm sure it's worth it. Now, let's get back to the episode. And while you guys kick back and relax with this lovely beer, let's learn a little bit more about East End Brewing Company that we are drinking today. So according to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, East End is, quote, a force in the local beer market. Owner Scott Smith founded the brewery after quitting his job with a consumer products company. The brewery started selling beer in December 2004. The brewery was originally located in a 4,000 square foot location in the Homewood neighborhood of Pittsburgh's East End. That's right. They sort of got in really before the sort of craft beer storm really started here in the uh, the early 2000 teens ish. Um, in 2011, the company uh, began to move to a 17,000 square foot building um, in the nearby neighborhood of Larimer and completed that move in November of 2012. In order to finance the move, they did something pretty unique. Smith sold $1,000 vouchers to customers and investors, which would have been redeemable for future beer, merchandise, special access to new brews, that sort of thing. Um, the new location will also allow the production to uh, basically double the amount of beer that they make, going from uh, 2,500 barrels a year to about 5,000. And I wanted to mention real fast that they are currently on this sort of um, neighborhood of Pittsburgh uh, kick. I've heard that Pittsburgh is really a city of neighborhoods. I think that we have like 97, although our guests might be able to sort of give me some more information about exactly how many we have. So the Crawford Roberts is a small area that sort of right outside of downtown and the duquesne heights um is one that's actually very close to me and really it's sort of in the mount washington area which is also very close to downtown so if you're wondering what these names are they're different areas of pittsburgh I think that's so cool. Cities can really be so defined on their neighborhood. Brooklyn's mm -hmm. the same way. It's like each neighborhood is completely different from the next. So I really loved that Pittsburgh did this or that East mm -hmm. End did this within Pittsburgh and really kind of identifying the neighborhoods. And they have such different personalities, I'm imagining. And then each beer at East End really has their own personality, too. I think that's really awesome. They did they that. Do. That's fun. Yeah, they do a good and job with that. 
didn't we take a tour of production there? We hung out there for a while because there was an, an orange carboy fermenting away. And you were like, I think is uh, we were just talking about it. And you're like, is that carrot juice? And the guy's like, it is carrot juice because um, they were experimenting with some uh, carrot juice. I don't even know exactly for what. But yeah, because you, you nailed it. You looked at that and you're like, that's carrot juice. I'm so healthy when I'm not guzzling <laughs> beer. Well, I don't even remember saying that. Yikes. <laughs> I think that was my fourth brewery that day. <laughs> well, I went to two um, more I, after that. I wonder how. I know. Yeah, yeah, me and you hit up two more after that. That's true. Yikes. Um, I, I wonder what they use the carrot juice for. That's interesting. I could see that being good in like a Hellas lager or hmm. something. Like yeah. a little speed if they were adding that. Interesting. I could see that in a Saison too. And now I would love to welcome on our guest this evening, the Director of Community Relations for Brew the Museum of Beer, Debbie Stuber. Hi. Hi there. How are hey. you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well. I see you're drinking the the saison. I am drinking the saison. I'm slightly disappointed because when I went to pick up the stout the other day, they were out of it. But I am mm. drinking the saison at the moment. Well, at least you got one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, when I picked it up, um, the person who served me said that Scott says this is one of his favorite saisons ever so cool. cool cool do you know scott the owner i do know scott he is one of the most amazing human beings ever he's just done a lot for the community um especially the craft beer community but he's also uh he also fosters uh challenged children mm. he's just i respect him a, a great deal Cool. An absolute heart of gold. Wow. Yes, exactly. It's great to hear that. It really is. Yeah. yeah thank for you sure. for sharing that. Cool. Well, let's crack open the stout. Obviously, they were sold out because it's delicious. I've had it before. <laughs> Debbie, you can just pretend. I have another local one. That's oh, what are you drinking? I'll drink this. I'll drink a stout from another brewery. What, yeah. The, what brewery? Here in Pittsburgh. Dancing Gnome. Ah, uh, yeah. I've great. been going there since they opened. And I absolutely love them. They're really known for their hazies, but mm. their stouts are incredible. And this one is Black Cloud's Breakfast at 11 cool. point something percent. I, you know, I actually went to college with the um, with the owner of that, but with I did Andrew. not realize he was yeah with Andrew. I did not know he was the owner till years after um, I was at a at a brewing festival and and I was like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I own this place. I'm like, oh, OK, cool. Oh, that's um, I had no idea. <laughs> Funny story. His sister owns a coffee house in Blonox where I live hmm. and the breweries in Sharpsburg. So it's like two neighborhoods over. Right. And one day I went in there before Dancing Gnome had opened and I saw this little gnome on our counter. And I said, Kylie, did you know that there's going to be a brewery called Dancing Gnome in Sharpsburg? And she goes, that's my brother. So there are some days that I'm at the coffee house in the morning and Dancing Gnome in the evening. That's not a bad day. No. You're my idol, Debbie. That's amazing. I love that. I want to come and hang out with you. I was bummed I didn't get to hang out with you when I was in Pittsburgh. When I do these brewery visits, they're always they're always so quick. And I'm excited to kind of dig into you in just a minute. And first, commenting on the stout, mm -hmm. it is delicious. So yeah. this stout clocks in at 6.8% ABV. So it's a little bit lighter than most stouts with hop levels really kind of pushing almost like black IPA territory, I would say. And this beer I noticed right away has a really kind of like robust hop 
combination and it's Mm -hmm. very roasty. I get a lot of roast on it, but it's still staying somewhat light. And it's got these notes of like pine and chocolate to really bring it home. What are you thinking about it, Eric? Yeah, I think the uh, the sort of the aftertaste of it is really sort of where you get a lot of those roasted notes, just sort of drinking it right away. It does seem sort of light for a stout, but I definitely think that this is more of, of a dark IPA. And I drank this and I thought maybe I just like dark IPAs more than more than I like stouts um, in general. Maybe it's stouts are just never really my go to again because of that sweetness. But with the sort of bitterness that's in here, um, I'm like, yeah, that's this is my speed. Um, Definitely a lot of um, piney sort of um, floral notes there from the hops, but it is very resinous and uh, sort of very um, black coffee. I get a lot of black coffee from this as well. Yeah. Um, And so, Debbie, I want to learn more about you. You and I have already chatted a little bit, but we always like to start off by asking everyone their craft beer origin story. Can you tell us yours? So my first really good beer was a lot about, oh gosh, 25 years ago, I had a course and donk from Belgium. But then I brought up my kids, didn't really drink very much at all. And I met my husband and he was drinking a little bit more beer than, than I was. And he told me about craft beer school that he had been going to for a couple years every month, which is downtown Pittsburgh, held in a theater. And he says, why don't you come with me? So I started going and it's been a love fest for beer ever since. I am just way obsessed about the craft beer scene and craft beer. And so how did you get involved in the museum world? So my friend is the founder of Brew the Museum of Beer, which is a planned history of beer museum in Pittsburgh. And he already knew that I was involved in the craft beer scene and asked me to join on the journey. So I am the director of community relations. And basically, I do a lot of connections between people and the museum and breweries, et cetera, et cetera. I have to ask, Debbie, um, is it is it a man named Paul Paul Young? No, um, but Paul Young is part of the team. OK, he, he's actually a brewer at BrewDog yeah. in Pittsburgh. He's a friend of mine. Um, yeah. He used to have um, he used to have a, um, a museum actually in Kentucky um, and he moved here a couple of years ago and he's been involved in the museum as well. Eric, I, I've the, known for the a few founder years. is Joe McAllister. OK, because I remember him talking to me about it. It probably. 2018 2019 um sure, and you know sure. he said it was it was progressing and i was very excited to see it and i haven't really talked to him in a while so i wasn't sure if this was still his doing or if this was something else so that's cool to hear and i want to hear more about the pittsburgh beer ladies that you're involved with <laughs> so i'm wearing the shirt pittsburgh beer ladies <laughs> love it along with my hop jewelry oh my god cool. cute i love that <laughs> necklace anyway <laughs> So Pittsburgh Beer Ladies has been in existence since 2011. At this point, there's uh, over 2,600 women. And it was basically to connect women through beer. I have to be honest with you, the friends that I have outside of beer don't like beer. So I was actually seeking women who like craft beer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I joined, I forget what year I joined, and I became an admin. We do events at breweries and brew pubs in normal times every month. But for the last year and a half, I've been spearheading a virtual happy hour every month. Sometimes it's just a few of us. um, 
hanging out and having a beer, but we've also had some guests. We've had brewery guests. We've had the Pittsburgh Brewers Guild, which is the organization uh, in Pittsburgh that has most of the breweries on board. Mm-hmm. And we've had, um, we actually did some, some social justice events as well. Um, so it's been, so we've, we've kept active, even though we haven't been in person, we had one event since, uh, we have been able to, and haven't had too many, um, since then. The other thing that we do is women post what they're drinking, or they may say, I'm here. Is anybody else here? We really want an app. If anybody out there wants to make an app for (laughs) Pittsburgh beer ladies, um, because, you know, we'll, we'll check in, you know, on Facebook and then, you know, like. An hour later, oh, it's just there. Uh, we also post articles related to the craft beer industry, whether it's Pittsburgh or not. Um, and it's a really awesome group, and I've made some really great friends. I have a few. I mean, yeah, like I think it's so great to have a community. I think that's one thing that's awesome about the craft beer industry. I'm a member of a few like women and craft beer networks on Facebook, and. I have connected with so many women. I mean, that's how I found this job. My boss, Julie, who is my June co-host, you know, I I connected with her on there. And and I met her through Pittsburgh Beer Ladies. Yes, I know. It's so great. It's a really wonderful community. I think it's great, especially to empower women in a very male dominated field. I think it's wonderful to kind of give us a voice, give us a platform and a community. I'm all for it. I think that's great. And yeah, you know, like I mentioned, I'm moving to Tennessee and they have like a Tennessee chapter. And there's one woman who she lives in Chattanooga. She's originally from Atlanta, where I'm from, and she's opening a brewery with her husband. And I, I used to work in the live music industry and book live music. She's like, maybe you can book some bands for us. I was like, oh my God, this is great. So, I mean, the power of social media and the power of putting yourself out there. And I think that's so great. I love that you guys do happy hours. How do people find it? Is it just that they have to be in Pittsburgh to join? Actually, uh, you don't have to be in Pittsburgh to join, but you have to spend a, a good amount of time here. You know, I've, I've also seen some women who are like visiting and want to know, you know, where where to go, et cetera. So we post our events on Facebook. We try to post them on Instagram, but we're not as active on Instagram. Um, and it's typically small groups. And to be honest with you, we don't have really big breweries. You know, they're smaller breweries. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we could accommodate 50 to 100 women anyway. And honestly, a smaller group is better because then you can connect with more people. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it's a really good resource to not only drink, but to to make some friends. And I know the best way to do that is sort of just have a group of five people or something like that instead of, hey, there's 30 of us here and we're going to come and we're going to tear down your brewery that has four tables in it, you know. Um, so that seems like a really good way to get out and meet some new people while learning about some beers. That's awesome. And we also do a, a yearly fundraiser. I'm trying to remember Last year, I think we did Backpack for Hunger um, after the Tree of Life massacre. Yeah. We, we did one. So we try to make a difference. It's, it's awesome. really an, aw- an awesome group. But I, I have to say that it's not just Pittsburgh beer ladies that I make these connections. You know, so many of these breweries are what I call my third places, which I think a lot of people know what third place means. Um, there's work home and then there's the third place, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people think of the corner bar. I think of the brewery and there's so many that I go to and I bump into people that I already know, but we, my husband and I have made 
so many good friends and it's, it's this comfort level. You walk into a brewery and you know, you're going to see somebody that you already know. And I have no problem whatsoever. If I went to a brewery by myself and sat at the bar. Yeah. Same. I'll, I'll probably run into you at one of them here in the near future. I'm sure. I'm surprised we haven't. Eric. I know, right? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> You've probably sat next to each other and didn't know, I but didn't Demi, even know. I totally agree. You know, it's like, it's, it's why I keep going back to the show. Cheers. I know it's not a brewery. It's a bar, but you know, same concept, you know, going somewhere where everyone knows your name and beer really is this kind of link. Cause when you're going to a brewery, it really is just beer. I mean, sometimes they have wine and maybe a few other things just to kind of like accommodate right. that one random friend you invited that hates beer. Like we, we all have that one friend, but you know, I think when you go to a brewery, you know, you're going to be amongst people where you share definitely this common interest and you're going to see the same people if it's your favorite brewery. I, I love that. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Beer brings people together. It's so true. It's been, it's been such a significant part of my life. Absolutely. And what is like kind of like your favorite part of the industry? Is, is it this, just the unity of it? It's the camaraderie, but it's also the connection between the breweries. I'm sure it's not unique to Pittsburgh, but the friendly competition in like, oh, you know, I can't find these hops and somebody jumps right on it and gives you some. I mean, it's just, it's incredible how, how they all get along. And I don't know of that in any other industry. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard about it from any other industry. So, so I would say it's definitely the, the social connection and the fact that these brewers are all friends. I mean, we go, we go to what, you know, one of, one of my personal um, favorites besides dancing gnome is a brewery called old thunder in my neighborhood yep. called Blonox. And who's at the bar, Andrew from dancing gnome. <laughs> Recently the incline, which is a local website publication, something yeah. like that. Um, they put out a, a, Pittsburgh brewery bracket that like right out of the gate, I sort of had some problems with just because I, I felt like Pittsburgh, the breweries here, they are, there is a lot of camaraderie and I don't like the idea of necessarily pitting them against each other, especially, you know, they sort of seem to hit random and they were huge guys versus, you know, small guys that are just getting established that might be 35 minutes outside the city, that sort of thing. And I just, I didn't like that. I don't know. Did, did you see that at all? Do you have any thoughts about that? I did see the brewery bracket. I got to be honest, Eric, I looked at it and I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't pay much attention to it because yeah. I felt the same way you did. I didn't pay. Well, it was my friends that were like, kept being like, Hey, are you going to vote for this one? I'm like, I didn't No, I'm not going to vote for any of them. Like that's, I don't yeah. like this, this idea. Um, yeah. So there's a, so the, the organization that I mentioned, Pittsburgh Brewers Guild recently started a group called friends of Pittsburgh breweries. And they basically gathered together several people who have a love and affinity and are constantly um, highlighting these breweries Mm -hmm. to get together and basically powwow and figure out how we can further promote all the breweries. Mm -hmm. So I actually was invited to join that group as well, which I'm so excited about. Cool. We haven't had, we're just about next month to have an in-person um, meet up, but we've been meeting virtually and I'm really excited about that. Like for example, one of the people who's on, who's in the group is Dave Racy, who yeah. is the founder of Barrel and Flow, mm-hmm. um, which for those of you who are listening, if you don't know, um, it used to be called Fresh Fest. It's the first African-American focused uh, beer fest in the country. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to go. Um, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. So he's um, one of the other people on the, on the group. 
Awesome. Cool. Well, that makes me happy to hear because I felt like I was alone in my friend's group and me being like, no, like they're all great. We need to support all of them. Um, So that makes me happy to hear. Let's take a spotlight break. We wanted to take a moment to highlight Barrel and Flow. As Debbie just mentioned, this is one of the nation's first Black-focused beer fest. There's also tons of music, visual art, and culinary art at this festival as well. It's going to take place September 10th through the 12th at Southside Works in Pittsburgh. Visit BarrelandFlow.com to learn more. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the uh, about the museum, about Brew the Museum of Beer. Can you tell us a little bit about what that's going to be like and answer the question that I'm sure everyone's going to ask you a lot. Will there be beer? Yes, <laughs> of course there will be beer. We have an over 250 year history of brewing in Pittsburgh. We have over 123 breweries in Western Pennsylvania. And we're also within driving distance or 500 miles of 45% of the population of the United States and Canada. Wow. I didn't know that. Yes. Um, we're also rated the top in the top 10 cities for beer. I think it was on smart asset and some, and some other um, websites. So I think okay. we're, we're the, we're the, the, perfect, the perfect place for, for Pittsburgh. It. The other interesting thing is we don't actually, and I know, you know, this Eric, we don't have a big brewery here. We don't have a Trogues. No. Mm. We don't have a Stone. You know, we don't no. have that here. I'm thinking that will eventually happen. Yeah. But I think there's something special about that too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I think of the 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 big guys, I think of I think of Penn, the Church, and East End, who all started, um, you know, pretty early. And I guess I guess you can lump in Iron City, although I don't. But um, I could see that argument being made, especially if they're going to be returning to the city and opening up this big place. I keep hearing about, um, but that's definitely pretty local to here. When I go back to my hometown of York, Pennsylvania, I might occasionally see some of their stuff, um, but it's typically not, you know, it's definitely not as big as it is out here. Um, And yeah, you're right. So it might be one of those guys that, you know, I could see getting a bigger distribution, but I, you know, I like that they're all smaller here and they all have their own unique feel to them um, and their own styles. They all have their own philosophies there. And and I love the, the diversity with that for sure. Could you just remind me about your your actual role in the in the museum as the community director? Director yeah. of community relations. Okay. So um, in 2016, when we had a, a launch of our, our fundraiser, um, we, ha- we were present at a lot of the beer fests. So it was mostly exposing the people, the crappier lovers of Pittsburgh to the fact that we're going to have a history of beer museum. Um, and I and since I know a lot of people in in the local craft beer industry i i make connections between them yeah okay cool that makes sense um i see on your website it says that there's going to be different activities um what sort of activities and things you know once you open what are what are people in store for so i think there's gonna be a lot of interactive exhibits for example on the website itself there's a pennsylvania history of beer um, exhibit that you can take a beer quiz. Um, it's actually a lot of fun. There's like, I, I said earlier, there's so much history. Um, we also had some virtual events throughout the pandemic and interviewed different people. Um, it's definitely going to be interactive though. Um, just out of curiosity, where, where is it going to be located in, in the city? 
somewhere in Allegheny County. No, it's Uh-oh. going to be somewhere in Pittsburgh. It's going to be somewhere in Pittsburgh proper. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm also not privy to where it's going to be, sure. but it yeah. um it it makes sense to be in an area where tourists are. Sure. I think when I talked to Paul about it last, which again, this was years ago, he mentioned it was going to be maybe somewhere in Northside or, or Deutschtown or something like that, where we have a lot of those older buildings and older breweries, that sort of thing, like the Dino, which is now Penn. Um, I, I would love to see it there, but I think I would love to see it in general. So, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I love the allure around this. I like right. that it's kind of like not open yet and we like don't know much. I think this is like, <laughs> This is going to be, this is another reason for me to uh, visit, to visit Pittsburgh. I can't wait for it to open, but what were you going to say, Debbie? Well, I was going to, what was I going to say? Oh, do you know of any, you know, world history beer museums? No. No. So there's, there's one, I think there's one somewhere in the South, but it's regional. I think there might be one in Chicago. I can't recall, but whatever exists now is regional. I mean, the history of beer goes back 10,000 years. Yeah. And by the way, Molly, if you didn't know it, which I'm sure you did, we were the first brewers because Eric and all the other guys were hunting. (laughs) Yes, women are truly the the original beer makers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That lasted for I mean a long time. I mean, I think even still, you know, not even a hundred years ago, that was sort of designated to uh, to women in some parts of the world. Stay at home, make the beer. I know. I think it's really cool. I know. I want to talk about that on one of the live streams. Do you ever homebrew, Debbie? I have never homebrewed. I think I put some <laughs> bottle caps on my husband's homebrew once, and he hasn't um, homebrewed recently. I have to be honest. There's so much beer within 10 miles of us. I'd rather drink at a brewery and support local. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I agree. I've homebrewed a few times. I think I've done it three or four times. I can't seem to get it right. There's a certain finesse. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, homebrewing so easy. If you can make bread, you can. I'm like, that is patronizing. It is not that easy. <laughs> like, there is definitely a grace to it. I haven't been able equipment. to make anything super good. And, and I agree. I'm kind of like, I don't really want to spend my day off doing that. You know, I, I don't like having hobbies. I don't I don't want to like <laughs> I always I'm the kind of person my careers are always my passion. Like I was a skincare esthetician. That was a huge passion. I made that my career. Now beer is a huge passion and I'm lucky enough to make that a career. So I don't really have this desire to like do stuff on my downtime other than like it's, hang it's out with expensive. friends. It's too expensive yeah. as a hobby. Um, and and yeah, like, like Debbie was saying, I mean, I was doing it for a little and I make an IPA and be like, yeah, this is fine. But like Dancing Gnome makes, makes such a better one. And I didn't have to spend all this money on on equipment. That's why I've sort of started making meads because uh, I, I don't live too far from Apis uh, and they make <gasps> some good meads. But I wanted to expand a little bit and try, you know, making some drier meat. A lot of those are sweeter, new flavors, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Eric, yeah. any chance you have any friends who make mead because my husband and I know this guy named Joe who makes this amazing mead. Is it the Joe no. that works out on Apis? Um, well, I also uh, no. worked up until recently, up until this summer um, at South Hills Brewing Supplies. So a lot of the guys would come in oh, there and cool. make mead. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't say that I know them personally. 
Let's 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 get together. If 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 we meet up, I'll bring you some of my mead. Awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome. I definitely want to go back to Pittsburgh. I want to go to Brew, the Museum of Beer. And Eric, I want to crack open that beer you have from Strange Roots. What was it called? Relic. The Relic. Yeah. Um. Again, brewed with a, a yeast strain from an old wooden cabinet. Um. From like the eighteen hundreds. Wow. Yeah. They were on our last episode and Dennis Hawk, the founder, told an amazing story about that. It was so cool. I bet he did. Yeah, he's a cool guy. And Debbie, I'm curious, what would your ideal day off in Pittsburgh be? I know it's oh, hard... this is terrible to say, but I'll say I'll say taking a hike um, to see wildflowers and then going to as many breweries as possible. <laughs> That is not terrible. Yeah, that's what is like, the- <laughs> that's, that is why we have you here, because you would answer that way. You're, you're so- yeah. Yeah. I, you know, if I could, I'd probably go to a brewery like every day. Um, everything in our refrigerator. Well, I shouldn't say that. That would be a lie. Um, mostly everything in our refrigerator is local. Um, the problem is the beer is in the refrigerator because we're going out to the breweries all the time. <laughs> I love it. It's not a bad problem to have. Yeah. You're I'm working on my passport. So Pittsburgh, I should have had it with me. Um, oh, Pittsburgh br- Brewers Guild has a passport. Yeah. Um, I believe there's 44 breweries in Allegheny County mm-hmm. and 41 of them are part of the Pittsburgh Brewers Guild. And you get a stamp every time you go to one of these breweries and you win like a glass or a koozie or um, some kind of. Not a, yeah, not, I think it's a glass, color, but it's a, it's it's like a, a small sort of unique glass. I I had right. it, and unsurprisingly, uh, I broke that too. So break oh, all my good. But if glasses. you go to thirty breweries, you get, I think, I forget not a growler, but one that keeps beer cold. Like a that. like a small beer cooler or something. That's a pretty good gift. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's say that. <laughs> yeah, send me some photos of the passport. I could post it on my Instagram or something yeah. if you want, Debbie. That's cool. I think if you go to 30 breweries, you get a beer belly. But hey, yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think it's worth it. It's totally worth it. Um, and- Debbie, I, I do have a quick question from somebody in the chat here. They just want to know um, if there is a time frame for when it's going to be open, the, the museum. Hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. It'll be open soon and we will definitely keep you guys updated. I'll make sure to post on Instagram about that too. But uh, yeah, it's going to be amazing. And Debbie, you're the perfect person to work over there and come on here and represent them. And as we wrap up, it is time for our rapid fire questions. Debbie, your job is to not think, just answer. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Best shower beer. Um, Bell's Too Hearted. Nice. Um, best hangover cure. Tomato juice. Current beer style you love. Stout. Beer style you wish was more on the menu. Kentucky Common Ale. Oh, you, someone just went to Necromancer. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have a beer with anyone in history, alive or dead, who would it be? Billy Joel. Oh, yes. The piano man. I love him. He bagged Christy Brinkley. I love James Taylor because I'm going to see him next week. Ooh, fun. Live music is back in action. That's so awesome. Cool. Yeah. Debbie, it has been a pleasure having you. Is there anything you want to plug? 
come to Pittsburgh. Go to all the breweries. And if you don't do anything else, take the incline to see the view. I agree. I prefer the Smithfield Street incline, but that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thank you to my wonderful July co-host, Eric. He's been by my side all month long. Thank Thank you you for having me. You're so welcome. And thank you to my awesome guest, Debbie. Let's all wave goodbye to Pittsburgh as we gear up for our next top secret undiscovered craft beer city for the month of August. The next city was one of the most beautiful cities. So green and lush. So beautiful. In fact, the Queen of England herself has vacationed there. You're in for a real treat and I am not horsing around you guys thank you so much for tuning in debbie it was a pleasure you were so rad absolutely honored to talk to you thanks guys have a great night okay Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club, and this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep, plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Brews Less Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers.